Welcome to a, I, I hate to even call this special edition of Jungle Juice. It is a depressing episode of Jungle Juice here. It is Sam Gormley, Mick Nelson with our very good friend, and we hope yours, Mr. Tommy Lipscomb. And boys, uh, nothing happened today, right? Uh, I cried a lot. That's what happened today. <laughs> I was very lucky that I had to... I had to work and broadcast a, a high school basketball like showcase event. So for two and a half hours, I got to take my mind off of it. But then afterwards, I, I'm very open on air about mentioning that I'm a big Bengals fan. And so most of these fans know it. And like a couple of them just asked me, they're like, are you okay? Like, no, <laughs> no. I said, I'm not. I'm not okay. Not even a little bit. We're really quite depressed over here. Yeah, it's a yeah. different mood. The la the first time, you know, the ACL, I was more in a mood of anger and frustration than I was in a mood of sadness, probably because I didn't expect anything out of the 2020 team. You know, we had really lofty expectations going into this season, and uh, this is tough. It sucks, man. Obviously, if you ju if you just joined us, I don't think it's any secret. Uh, I we assume you're a Bengals fan. Uh, big news today: Joe Burrow, uh, after the injury in last night's Thursday night football game against the Ravens, um, hurt. I guess some ligaments in his right wrist, and is out for the season. I think the way that we should start this, guys, though, is that really when we were recording our weekly podcast on Wednesday, is when this news started to come out. And the picture was posted of him getting off of the plane with the so-called wrap on his wrist. Uh, and immediately everybody starts going into sleuth mode. What is it? What does it mean? And so on. Uh, and he, Joe Burrow said today that it was just a compression sleeve on it. Are they connected? No. I don't think so. Because the NFL now is allegedly looking into this. I know that they asked Zach Taylor and said, has he heard from them? And he pretty much said, no, uh, he has not heard anything from them. But again, as I always say, would he have actually said, oh, yes, the NFL is investigating us for lying about an injury? But for me, my biggest thing, and I know I said this in our group message earlier, is what benefit would the Bengals have had to have lied about something like that? Like, they, wouldn't what benefit any, would they, they wouldn't have had any benefit to do it. There's, you know, in, in Joe's Joe's reasoning for it, you know, saying, you know, you know, later on in the later on in the season, as it gets colder, the altitude up in the air can cause your arm to swell up, and you wear the compression sleeve to avoid that. I mean, that sounds perfectly reasonable for him to be doing that. And I'm going to get on a soapbox a little bit. I think it is absolutely appalling that people like Dave Portnoy are pretty much using this awful situation and making them making it about themselves. Um, you know, it, it's, it sucks what happened. Uh, and obviously there was a little bit of speculation. I remember seeing it on, on Thursday afternoon. I wasn't too worried about it. Um, but the fact that he's, you know, saying he's going to launch a class action lawsuit, you know, for people gambling on the football game and, you know, him making these very, um, you know, damaging assumptions about, you know, 
the Bengals and how they manage their their injuries, I, I think it's appalling, and, and I'm and I'm frankly disgusted by it. Yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. When I when I heard or when I found out about like Portnoy um, just throwing a fit about losing a hundred thousand dollars, I mean, I'm like, that's just betting, dude. That's just betting. I don't know how many times I have, uh, you know, placed a bet and then somebody go down like, God, darn it. And, you know, you just go, you move on. I mean, it's, it's football injuries happen in football. Yeah. Will writes in and asks, you know, is Joe Burrow out for the season or what? Yes. Yes. It was announced today that Joe Burrow is out for the season. And for me, I know Mick and I were talking about this earlier, Tommy, and I, I don't know if I'm the only one in this realm, but last night, you know, we saw, and, and it, I didn't know whether Prime, that was a replay or if it literally was live. When he throws the ball, and immediately you can tell, and immediately I think I was like, crap. Like, this is not good. He runs back in, and then he starts to come out there, but goes back into the locker room right before the half. Then finally comes out in the second half, doesn't come back into the game, but you realize what stood out to me is nothing on his hand at all. They didn't wrap it. They didn't put it in a brace. They didn't put ice on it. They did, they did nothing at all. So to me, I was thinking, and Zach Taylor after the game says sprained wrist. Now, obviously, Zach Taylor is, doesn't know at that point, but I'm thinking, okay, maybe he won't play against the Steelers. Uh, worst case scenario, he misses the Jacksonville game, but then he's back for you know Colts-Vikings for the last couple of games of the season. Maybe they can sneak in and get the six or seven seed. And then they they pull it out today. All of a sudden, he's out for the season. Did it come out of left field, or is that just me, or is it just me in the denial phase? Like I know Megan says here. I think I I think I, you know, personally thought as soon as I saw that he couldn't grip the football, I thought it was really bad. Um, I yeah, I don't know what you can do with the sprained wrist as opposed to a torn ligament, but the fact that. We saw that, you know, him try to do it and him just, you know, slam his hot helmet in frustration about it made me feel like it was a lot more serious than than a sprained wrist. My thing about it was, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much from the same way as you. And when I seen it looked like he was about ready to come out, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. You know, I, I was like what Sam was talking about. Hey, maybe miss a game or two. They got 10 days off. He'll come back. He'll be fine. Now, the only thing I'm not for sure about is I'm not really for sure of the layout or the uh, how accessible like the imaging room at M&T Stadium is. I don't know. Maybe they couldn't do an MRI or, you know, do anything last night. And they had to wait till they got back to Cincinnati to do that. And it looked worse than what they thought it was, what it was. And I don't and know. That's my assumption as to what this was. Is I don't think Zach Taylor after the game is thinking, you know what, I'm going to wait 12 hours to break the news to Bengals fans because I want them to have, you know, just pure depression for a long sequence of times. <laughs> like, I, 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 that's why I think, and I, I think it, it surprised everybody. I know it shocked me when it came out that, that the news had happened, but immediately I went into the denial phase. I was like, there, there's no chance. I know I was telling Mick that when the, when the alert came through, I thought somebody had hacked the Bengals page because it wasn't something that I had even yeah. like, it wasn't something I'd even considered to being a possibility. And again, that's probably me being naive, but my goodness. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe Zach Taylor wanted to give the other NFL fallen soldier his uh his twelve hour news cycle before he dropped shows. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't the only significant season injury ending injury to happen in that game. Um but yeah, I think I think Tommy kind of hit the nail on the head. I don't think that they probably had the proper access to resources that they needed to determine whether it was a torn ligament or not. And that's that. Burrow left the game and immediately they pull out they bring in Jake Browning, obviously. And honestly, when we're talking just about Jake Browning, he wasn't bad. Like because you, you gotta think about it this way is there could not have been probably a worse scenario for a guy to make really his first appearance in an NFL game. You know, he'd thrown one pass in that Cleveland game, but it was, what, 24 to 3 or whatever it was. It was raining. It was over. There's nothing. But you're throwing him in in a hostile environment on prime time after your star quarterback gets gets injured. Like, it was it was the the worst situation. And when you combine all of that... I, like I, I think he performed okay. Yeah, I thought he did a pretty good, you know, given the circumstances. I mean, what was he? He was like eight for fourteen with uh no, it was just under seventy yards, but he also had forty yards rushing, you know, on four carries. Um one thing we did see about him in the preseason, and it looks like it's we're gonna see more now in the regular season, is he is a pretty mobile guy and he's not afraid to run. And I thought I don't know. I just, uh, I thought he did good, you know, given the circumstances. And when practice, how often do they get to, uh, does he get a practice with the first string? Not very. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> chemistry is important. Chemistry yeah. is very important. And you, you saw that early too, because he was going to guys like Shedrick Jackson. He threw to him yeah. one of his first passes and was going deep. He was throwing to Trenton Irwin, guys that he's more comfortable with, more so than Jamar Chase. And I love it. He threw the one ball to Chase down the sideline, and Chase makes an unbelievable catch. It was out of bounds, but it was still mm-hmm. a great catch going up over top. And I think uh, immediately, probably in the back of his head, Jake Browning was like, oh, oh, like, there's a little bit of a difference between Jamar Chase and Shedrick Jackson and, and Kwame Lasseter and such. Just just a little bit. Just a, just a little bit of a difference between those two. I, I, I mean, I think that, you know, when we talk about Browning, Mick, is there any confidence in that as Jake Browning as a quarterback for multiple games? Um. You know, maybe they get a win or two here. You know, that sucks that they're going up against a really, you know, tough, you know, final, what, eight games or whatever to, to end the season. Um, you know, and that and I thought it was tough even with Joe Burrow playing. And now you've got Jake Browning in. And, you know, kudos to Jake Browning. You know, he, he came in and, and, and played, I think, fairly decently. Uh, definitely is very smart and uh, – you know, wasn't making any boneheaded plays, but you know, does Jake Browning have that magic factor that you know the Bengals relied on Burrow for? You know, for the past three and a half years, I don't think necessarily does. Um, but really, what I want to see is how the team as a whole kind of responds to this because the, the roster so is so damn talented, and you know, they essentially, I mean. 
you know, it's, it's just crazy that they were kind of in the thick of it for two and a half quarters. They were only down to score, you know, midway through the third quarter, and the defense just looked like it gave up. And that's what I'm kind of worried about is that is, is Jake Browning going to be able to rally the troops? And, you know, is this, is this roster going to, you know, play to its, you know, fullest, of poten- I mean, fullest the, potential it can play under Jake Browning. The other thing you look at is you have sitting on your practice squad is a guy in AJ McCarron who I, I kind of want to, I, I want to go to two places with AJ McCarron. Um, for one, you know, number one um, is like, he does have experience in NFL games. Uh, he is he the most experienced backup quarterback? No, but he is a veteran as far as he's seen yeah. more. But at the same time, AJ McCarron has appeared in what five games in his NFL career or made five mm-hmm. starts. Like I, I think that there is a sense of Bengals fans being a little bit tied into AJ McCarron more and giving him more credit than maybe he deserves. Like I don't really know if we are being completely upfront and honest with my with ourselves that there is going to be that much of a drastic difference between Jake Browning and AJ McCarron. Like, yeah, would you I mean, feel any different against the Steelers on um, in in nine days or whatever it is with Jake Browning or with AJ McCarron? I think I'd have the same confidence level in both quarterbacks. The one thing, you know, because I think both bring different skill sets to the table. I think McCarron has a little bit better of an arm and has a lot more zip on the ball than Jake Browning does. But Jake Brown also has that escapability factor and and can make plays with his legs. And and I've said this before, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Driscoll when Jeff Driscoll came in and played in 2018. Um, So, yeah, I think it's – I don't think the team is going to fare any, you know, better with AJ McCarron and this, you know, especially because AJ doesn't, hasn't been with the team as long, hasn't had, I don't know how many reps he really gets, you know, at practice and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I do think it's good to have both of those guys in the, in the, in the room, you know, in case of, you know, everything with Jake Browning just goes to hell. So. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. Um, when I look at, if I got to compare McCarron and uh, Browning, my biggest thing is uh, escapability. I mean, Burrow's not going to be there. That hideous offensive line is still there. And I did try to research uh, um, McCarron in the XFL. I know the XFL is different than the NFL. You know, the quality of the players just isn't quite as good. But, I mean, they're still professionals. And McCarron just played nine games, even though they won the championship. He played nine regular season games for the Battle Hawks. In those nine games, 28 sacks. Yeah. It was the worst offensive line. And, you know, and they still won the championship, but it was eight more than second place. And then I was like, well, what's going on? So I started looking at clips of him. He just can't move. And, I mean, how many 33-year-old quarterbacks can actually move the way a 24, 25, 26-year-old quarterback can move? It's just not going to happen in football with most quarterbacks. And, you know, I'm just – my concern is McCarron's going to get back there. It's going to look like how Burrow was like the first two or three weeks into the season, and he's just going to get slaughtered back there Mm -hmm. because this line just isn't good. 
Jack writes in and says, you know, we think they should call Carolina and see what they want for Andy Dalton. Sadly, that's not an option because yeah, unless Andy Dalton would have to pass passed. through waivers for that. So the trade deadline is passed. So technically, the only guys, if they wanted to add a quarterback to the room, which they're going to, I mean, they're going to have to because what will happen is uh, almost guaranteed is that in the next 24 hours or something like that or 48 hours or something, Joe Burrow will be placed on IR, which will free up the roster spot and A.J. McCarron will be probably taken from the practice squad to the active roster. And then presumably, and I know, Tommy, you brought up this point um, in, in, a, in a message, and I think you're exactly right. More than likely, at least for the time being, you're going to see Reed Sinnott probably come mm-hmm. back. Uh, and he will be that practice squad guy. If anything else, he's just there to take some reps and be another guy in the room. They could then go and look at some of these other free agent quarterbacks. But I will say this. I know I've, I've seen some people say, oh, well, Cam Newton. RG, I saw RG3. <laughs> that's not going to happen. Like, they, <laughs> the Bengals are not going to go. Because for, for a guy like that, the only way that they're going to be signing somebody is if they're cheap. And do you really think yeah. Cam Newton is going to want to come in and play for literally the vet minimum and be on an NFL practice squad? Uh, Dalton has an interesting thing here and says, what do you think about them calling up Matt Ryan? I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that's not an option either because Matt Ryan is still technically under contract by the he Indianapolis is. Colts because he he's not officially he's retired. So that would mean that he, he can't be an option either, sadly. Uh, and then the other one that I saw, which, again, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be against it, um, is Tom Brady. Like, call him up. <laughs> <laughs> What's he going to say? He's too busy prancing around in his underwear right now, you know, for his underwear commercials. He he ain't got time for that. Uh, Ryan Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. Uh, He's got a pretty sweet gig right now. I don't think. Yeah, for Prime. I think the only way Fitzmagic comes back is if Whitworth is left tackle. And uh, I'd I'd take that. (laughs) And uh, Richard Sherman comes back in the corner. Chase Daniel. Is Chase Daniel a free agent right now? I'm not entirely sure. That would be one, if he's a free agent, that I could potentially see. I can give a Google while I'm while I'm talking. But I think if you're going to see a practice squad guy that could potentially start Chase Daniel, that kind of quarterback would probably be what it is. Uh, apparently, mm-hmm. Chase Daniel is retired. Oh. At least that's what... Uh, now, that's what Wikipedia says, and obviously Wikipedia is the best source that we potentially can give on Jungle Juice. Yeah. Um, yes, he retired in on September the 5th in 2023. He's on NFL Network. I had no idea he was in the league for 14 seasons. No yep. idea he was in the he league was there for a while. But I, I like I think you're going to see a Chase Daniel more so than I, I think the Cam Newtons. I saw Colin Kaepernick. Those guys are just it's not going to happen. And I don't even think it's really worth having discussion on that. Yeah, it's just too late in the season for a lot of those guys. I mean, if you think about it, um, you know. I was laughing over the RG3 when, like, you all were. And, you know, it goes back to Chase Daniel with RG3. They're working right now. They got contracts right now. I don't know how that works where um, they got those broadcasting contracts. I don't know if they can break them or not to go back and play football. I mean, they might be able to, but I I don't know. Yeah. I think Uh, let's uh, let's go with this. Or did you have a point, Mick? I think if there's anybody that's even close to realistic, I don't think they're bringing anybody that's not Reed Senate or, you know, somebody an that's equivalent. In Reed Drew Plitt. Well, 
I'd rather send it than Plit, but yes. Uh, wow, Drew Plit slander on the podcast tonight, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, sorry, no, 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 you know, no. Listen, fault, Mick, no harm, Drew no Plit very Drew well Plitt. could be watching right now, and you're just you're just slandering him like this. I'm, I, I'm not saying Drew Plit's not cool, not a cool guy. <laughs> Played for Ball State. Uh, I'd rather have Reed send it. Uh, anyways, I think if there's like any even. You know, I, when I say realistic, I think maybe a 5% chance of this ever happening, or I'll even put 2% chance. I'd say my, it would be Brady, but I don't think Brady would want to come in with this offensive line. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. We're going to be, we're going to have Jake Browning for the rest of the year, guys. And maybe AJ McCurran. Maybe, maybe AJ McCurran. McCurran yeah. Like yeah. If, if Jake, so I guess that, that can be your next question here is what is the leash Tommy on Jake Browning? Um, I think it's going to be, do you think he gets game. it no matter what? Or um, do you I think, think he, if he, I think Jake Browning starting next Sunday. I really do. Oh, sure. I, think, yeah. I think that uh, they've invested a lot in him. Um, you know, he let the cat slip out of the bag. Um, what was it? Um, right before the season where the reason they brought him up last year was they knew that he was going to be poached off the practice squad. They wanted to hang on to him. They wouldn't do all this if they didn't think highly of him. Now, you know what he's able to do and what they think can be two different things, but I think he's going to get the first opportunity. And if he plays like what he showed last night and if he can build off that, I think that leash might get pretty long. Uh, I think I think Browning gets you know if he plays poor, poorly for three games or or if they say if they lose every game you know just to get fans in the stands I could definitely see the Bengals just starting AJ McCarron just because of the whole nostalgia factor to it and that might get some people to come in to watch the game or might increase viewership but I think Jake Browning's leash is fairly long uh, in this situation. So let, let's go this way here to, to wrap us up because we didn't want to go too long just because we've had enough depression tonight. But this is a nice uh, – but first we will say here, uh, uh, Travis here says, uh, why not make a claim and snag a young quarterback on someone's practice squad if a guy like Malik Cunningham or Will Gree or Malik Willis becomes avail- available, see what they got in addition for a backup role. Honestly, I would not be shocked to see if there's yeah. if they make a guy like pull from a practice squad. So can, or, or, you, can they still – Will Greer, even though the Patriots stole him from us earlier in the year, he's on the fifty-three man. He's on the fifty-three man. He is on the fifty-three man because when they poached him, when they poached him, they had to put him on the fifty-three man, and they haven't got rid of him yet. Because in Tommy, I know you know these rules as well. Correct me if I'm wrong. You can't poach somebody from a practice squad to put on your practice squad. Correct. Correct. Yeah, have to go in your fifty-three man. So I, th- I guess the question I had is like, so they had Will Greer obviously on the 53 man when they poached him. I didn't know if they had to keep him on the 53 man for like X amount of games and then they could move him to the practice squad if they wanted to. Um, not sure how the rule works there, but I would assume Will Greer is probably not an option. Yeah, yeah. the only way they could put him on a practice squad is they have to release him. Now, I don't think Will Greer goes through waivers again, but the problem is, is, um, they were if they cut him to sign him on a practice squad, he may go elsewhere because you know he had no choice to go to New England. He may want to go somewhere else, so that's mm-hmm. still a risk that they have to take. Yeah. Okay, so I have here CBS literally this morning posted an article 
and and I love the poor guy that has to write this article. Power ranking the practice squad quarterbacks right now. So this is the top ten <laughs> practice squad quarterbacks right now. So these are guys that you, if the Bengals make a this poor wow. guy, who, I'm, who gets real, the job I'm really weekly? interested in okay. this now. I'm, Number I'm so ten, much. Max Duggan, quarterback from the Chargers. Okay, TCU. That okay. could be a guy that I could potentially see. Kind of what Jack's saying here. What the Bengals could consider high potential. Um, but in what real GMs consider high potential, now I don't necessarily agree with the, with the second half of that, but I think a high potential guy like a Max Duggan, I don't know that he's the perfect fit, but he's a guy that's listed here. And now I got to close the ad. Brett Rapine, or right Rapine, in that how you say it there, from uh, he's on the Seahawks. Okay. Chris Oladonkin from the Chiefs, mm-hmm. from South Dakota State. Number seven, Jeff Driscoll, quarterback from the Cardinals. You ever heard of him? <laughs> I like, number six, I like Jesse's draft. Yeah. Number six, Malik Cunningham on the mm-hmm. Patriots. Number five, Nathan Rourke from the Jags. Pride of Ohio. The best uh, preseason touchdown I've ever seen this past preseason. It's pretty dope. And, uh, number four, Shane Bouchelle from uh, SMU, Texas. Mm-hmm. He's on the Bills. Trace really McSorley, bill. okay. a quarterback from the Bears. That's an interesting one because the Bengals have worked him out recently. So mm-hmm. he could be one that you could actually see happening. David Blau from the Lions. And number one, Trevor Simeon from the Jets. Um, could, could that be somebody that you could see them pull back? What's the story on Stetson? Is he on the is Stetson Bennett on I the Rams think, roster? Or is I he think Stetson is he Bennett alive? is on uh I think he is on a non-injury. I think, yes, I think he is. Uh, Dalton writes in and says, do you guys know how long Burrow is out? Like they said, the season, uh, or is he like done for six months? There's been no, um, there's, there's no timetable yet. Bennett is done for the season. According to Ryan, he is done for the season. Yes. There's no timetable on how long it's going to take for him to recover from this. But I do know that Zach Taylor pretty much said today that there is no concern about next season. Like well, none, good. none even like a little bit that they expect him. Now, I don't know whether that means like, is this one of those things that theoretically if Jake Browning would lead them to the Super Bowl, like could Burrow play like in February or if Burrow's not ready until April, he's not ready until July. Those yep. are the things that we don't know. And honestly, I don't even think that they know because they need to have the surgery first. And I'm not even sure that they know exactly what kind of surgery he's going to have. Yeah. Uh, I, from what I've heard about this is that this is a pretty rare injury. And this this is like Andrew Luck territory of rare quarterback injuries. Uh, I've been we haven't really heard of any quarterbacks having a torn ligament in their wrist. I think Blake Bortles might have been close to that a few years ago. But uh, so, Tommy, let let's go with this here. Uh, I want you to be your optimist. Okay. Give give me an optimistic take for the Bengals for the rest of the season on how we can feel. You might have the harder option of this, and I'll let Mick be the pessimist because he's usually good at that. Or maybe I should make Mick be the optimist for once. You can. We can switch roles if you want. Do, do you want to take the optimist? You know, we'll let you pick, Tommy. Would you like to be the optimist or the pessimist? Hey, I, Mick can have whatever he wants. He wants well, to play. You know what? My optimistic view is probably the pessimistic view for a lot of viewers because you're going to hear what my optimistic view is because I don't want to see this team go fucking so sorry. Uh, Put the Language, Mick. Mark on this. I don't want to see uh, 
I don't want to see this team go eight and nine, and then we're drafting like twentieth or not twentieth. We're drafting like fifteen to seventeen in the. Uh, you don't the want draft. them to Marvin Lewis it. Yes, I do not want them to Marvin Lewis it. So my optimistic take is definitely the pessimistic take of, you know, have have Jake Browning in there. He looks like Jeff Driscoll for an entire second half of the season. They lose probably every game, maybe maybe win one, maybe win two. Um, and they've got, you know, potentially a top 10 draft pick. Okay, Tommy, give us the, uh, even though that pretty much was the pessimistic take. Um... <laughs> well, then I guess I'll go more optimistic then. <laughs> um, I think they do Marvin Lewis it. I think they, I think they do Marvin Lewis. Um, now, know, now is that is that an eight and nine or a losing the first round of the playoffs, Marvin Lewis? I think it's nine eight and looking on the bubble, trying to see which teams go in. It's kind of a bold take because that would mean that they go five and or what four and four and four four, oh, wait. four and four for the rest of the season. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I don't see it, but. I wouldn't be surprised just for the fact that you got guys like Jake Browning. This is the last year of his deal. He may be in Cincinnati next year. He may be elsewhere next year. He's got the spotlight on him now. This is his chance to actually get him a deal somewhere. You're going to have T. Higgins coming back. Where's T. Higgins going to be next year? We don't know. Um, Probably not in Cincinnati. There's your pessimistic take. But uh, probably not in Cincinnati. But, um, you know, he's going somewhere. He's looking for cash. He's going to be looking for numbers and some uh, highlights, you know, to go with that cash. Uh, then you got guys like a Wouzier, um, Reader. Those guys are going to be looking for homes next year. So these are guys that's not going to want to tank. They're just going to go out there and just give it everything they can. And they're probably going to sneak a few wins in here and there. Okay, They've got a very talented roster still. Here's and, my uh, thing. I- I'll be the over-optimist here. Let's look at the Bengals' schedule here. Three of your remaining games are against backup quarterbacks as well. Yep. Vikings are starting Josh Dobbs. Colts. The Colts are starting Gardner Minshew. And the Browns are starting whoever the heck they're going to be starting at that point. Maybe Joe Flacco. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he was headed that way. So you're looking at there. Okay, let's say they win all three of those games. And you also look at that. What's the other thing that th- uh, all three of those games have in common? They're all in Cincinnati. Yeah. Okay, let's say they win those three games. That's eight wins, right? Eight wins, or or yeah. is it eight wins? Yeah, eight wins. And then maybe you're saying, and then honestly, Riley read right back into the, into my next point. <laughs> and two games against Matt Canada, like you're you're telling me maybe like in, in Tommy's realm, could they get to nine wins and sneak in as that seven as as that seven seed? Now, in a lot of realm, that would mean okay, you're the seven seed and you're headed to Baltimore. Again, with Jake Browning as your starting quarterback. Like, is that as good? Or is it better for this team long-term to pull a 49ers, what they've done, and tank and get Nick Bosa? You know, as, as the example of, of a guy who they've tanked to get or uh, insert, I mean, they seemingly do it once every three or four years. Is And, and just completely tank and get a top five pick. So I, that's my optimistic view is there is still technically a path to where – you're just telling me that you have to beat the three backup quarterbacks and then get one, maybe two out of playing 
uh, Kenny Pickett twice. You're playing uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, who, who, who's solid. Uh, now, Mahomes, that, that – uh, Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> We're going to win that game. <laughs> Listen, if Jake Browning wins that game, my goodness. Listen, but, th- but then again, and I wish I should have pulled his picture up, did any of us think Ryan Finley was going to beat the Steelers on Monday Night Football? No. Did any of us really think Probably that in our heart not. of hearts? And what is one of my all-time favorite Bengals wins? Ryan Finley against the Steelers. (laughs) It will go down as one of my all-time favorites. So I think that is the optimistic look at this, is that there is still a – now, am I predicting this? No. But I I, I think for me – in fact, let's do this here to close this out. What is the Bengals' record this season? Mick. Um, I'll go seven and ten. Exactly what I was going to say. It's exactly what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. I've great minds think alike. I think seven and ten as well. And you're picking anywhere from ten to twelve, but seven and ten. And then I think that you're uh, you're you're doing ten to twelve, picking in that same range. Jack says six and eleven. Listen, I honestly, other than than Jake Browning winning out and like somehow looking like the best quarterback, backup quarterback in the league, there's nothing that would necessarily shock me. I think I think anything more than ten would be blowing my mind, shocking. But I think not anywhere from five to nine wouldn't necessarily blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Scott says eight and nine. Megan says nine and eight. Riley says ten and seven with AJ McCarron. He's a big AJ McCarron guy. <laughs> hey, we all love AJ McCarron. You know, um, my thing is, I think Browning should be the guy right now. But here's the thing: if they put AJ McCarron in, he does well. I'm going to be happy. Yep. I would like to see a nostalgia game in there if if the season's lost at the at the end of the year. You know, just to just to see him. Yeah, you can see him play against the Browns, you know, in week 18. And, you know, say he goes out and beats the Browns. And then, you know, you just say, oh, hey, Cleveland. You know, you really could have had this seven years ago. If What's well, Scott's idea there? Work. Bring back Boomer. Hey, there you go. Hey, Boomer. Boomer can still – bring back Jeff Blake. He's still got a big arm. He's got – Are we going to say uh, Akili? <laughs> are we that desperate? <laughs> yep. Hey, Smith got a lot, make... a lot of potential. Not former third overall pick. Yep. <laughs> play here, play there, and he's the best quarterback in all time. Uh, Dalton says our roster is crazy talented. Game plan will change, but get the ball in our playmakers' hands. D plays big like they, they have played, and we'll be okay. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. The defense is going to have to carry played. it now. Yeah. They've been um, very inconsistent. They have had really good moments. I forgot all about really bad moments. I forgot all about the defense carrying them. Uh, five and twelve—that's their final record. I forgot all about the defense. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, we'll dive into the game itself on Thursday, uh, or from last night. Um, we will be back not on our typical day. Uh, we will be back on Monday at uh, eight east, eight Eastern, seven Central, um, and. Brandon Allen is on the 
he's no, he is on. I think he's on the active. He's on the active roster. So I think. Listen, Evan McPherson is quarterback. I, Listen, I, at, at this at, point, I'd be. I, I'd see Joe Mix. I, I could see Joe Mixon just be quarterback for a game. Uh, Cam Taylor Britt has that in his back. His background as well. I think he was a quarterback at one point. Let's uh, let's just have they they literally just put all the names into a hat and draw it out, and that's who the quarterback is of the week. Let's put DJ Reader back there. Let's let the man eat. He can this throw. Man will, this, will, this man will not get sacked. No way. And, and he can throw. He was a pitcher. He was. He was. And a really good one there at Clemson. Sack it but, back. <laughs> uh, you can always follow us on our Facebook page, Jungle Juice. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow our buddy Josh Hiles over at WDN Today. Uh, join us on Facebook as well, Hootay Nation. It is the best Facebook group on Facebook on Bengals Facebook group. Uh, there is never anybody that ever complains in it. Nope. Um, <laughs> no, 100% approval rating. Um, That's a good it is, one. It is always rainbows. And BJ Hill is quarterback. I like it. I heard the um, admins are really good on Huday Nation. They're just word on the street. Except that uh, one guy that thinks he's a comedian. Oh, yeah, that guy's a clown. <laughs> but, uh, Tommy, uh, thanks for joining us really quick to yeah. uh, try and bring a smile to our yeah, group thanks, injury Tommy. session, therapy session. Yep. No problem. I'm glad to be here. And, you know, it's uh, whatever happens the rest of the season, you know, I'm going to be at the games. I'm going to be uh, um, posting the news. If we have some great clips. We're going to show some great clips. We're going to make the most of the season regardless. For sure. Yep. We're Bengals fans no matter what. If uh, the – debacle of the Steelers playoff game back in, you know, 2016 didn't bring us down. This certainly won't. Uh, Scott says, keep the faith, go Bengals. And I think that's a great way for us to end this for today. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you back here on Monday. We'll dive deeper into that and more as the days goes along. Make sure to follow us on Jungle Juice Facebook. You can also re-listen to this podcast on our podcast platform. Pick your favorite one and listen back that uh so thanks everyone for listening and uh as scott says keep the faith keep the faith who day thanks for watching guys